welcome to My Cat, the podcast, the show where each episode I talk with a different guest about a cat that has changed their lives. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens. A belated Happy New Year to you all. I hope everyone is well. It's great to be back on the podcast. Today, I'll be talking to feline behaviourist and author of The Book Your Cat Wishes You Would Read, Lucy Hoyle, about her cat, Fig. Lucy Hoyle is a feline behaviourist and author from Southampton. She's lived with cats her entire life, including childhood cats Spooky, Sammy, Tibby and Lily, and now lives with her family along with Labrador Bucky, Cornish Rex Sparks and fluffy cat Fig, who we'll be talking about on the show today. So, without further ado, here's Lucy talking to me about her cat Fig. I love watching people with their cats. I find it quite an emotional thing. Yeah, I love knowing the connection people have with that individual cat. Like, he's not like this with many other people. So it's nice to be Mm. like, you want to come and sit near me? And he likes to rub his little nose on me and stuff. It's very nice. Did you grow up with cats? I did, and... My parents were separated, so I had um, two cat families. So my dad's house, I had Spooky, and then she had kittens, and she and we kept Sam, who was one of the the babies. Um, and so that was my little cat family there, and it was so sweet because Spooky was like a really home loving cat. So she'd sleep on my bed overnight, and she preferred me over everyone else in the house, which was so nice. Um, but then at the same time, she was quite um, a hunter as well. So it was like, it was really fun to see the two sides to her, like her being all snuggly and lovely at night. But then I have I saw her more than once catch a mouse and just eat it in front of me. And like little five-year-old me was thinking like, oh my God, this is terrifying. But just really nice to see that wild side. Um, and Sammy was, he was like a massive cat, but he was very outdoorsy and he'd disappear for a few days at a time and he'd always be in fights. So when he'd come back, he'd be like this ruggish Tom who was all like scabby and, but then super, super affectionate as well. Um, and then my mum's house, we had a, a different cat family there. So we had Tibby and she was like a lovely tabby. She was really like sleek and she had that really, really soft, silky fur that's just really lovely. Um, and she had kittens and we kept Lily, who was like a pure white, really like tiny little cat. And she was, again, she was like my little cat and she would sleep on my bed. And um, she lived until she was 18. So we had, like I shared my whole childhood with Lily and it's, yeah, it was lovely. And so definitely grew up with cats and never had any time without a cat. We always had overlaps. So even if we lost one, there were other cats there. So I don't think a day went by of my childhood when I didn't see a cat or have a cat in my life. Did that inform your decision to go into working with cats? Yeah, definitely. I think, so at university I did psychology, um, which obviously is a lot of people stuff, but there are units of animal behaviour and more general animal behaviour, so talking about like wild animals, but then when we started learning about companion animals, it was tended to be quite dog heavy, but it was all about learning and training animals and you know, what are they learning and how we can use that. Um, 
so that really piqued my interest but I definitely felt like I was out of my depth with dogs like I didn't understand them and I felt much more comfortable with cats so I guess yeah because I lived with them for so long I just had that understanding of like when the cat was happy when they were not happy and um, that just fed into my need to move into the cat side of like animal learning really and when did fig come into your life oh fig yeah so that was when me and my husband moved into our own place um and obviously first off we didn't have a cat and there was a moment where I was just like (gasps) like have we done the right thing this doesn't feel right and I don't know and then we suddenly realized that we just needed a cat that it was just felt very empty and not really a home without one so we did a quick scout and found Fig in Wales um, and we were in Southampton so we had to drive across the country well into another another country um, to pick him up and he yeah he became part of our lives from there and he's 14 now so he's been a big part of my adulthood literally I haven't lived a day without him while I've been an adult so I do wonder what life will be like without him I don't know if I know how to be an adult without him and what was the story of you coming together so it was he was a bit of um a impulse choice because we were 21 and we needed a cat but um his breeder was just like a casual breeder so it was her cat that had gone out and had kittens um and she told us that the mum was a ragdoll and the dad was a main coon but when we went there and obviously asked to see the mum and to see the litter um she was just a fluffy cat so she definitely wasn't a ragdoll um, because my mum has ragdolls and obviously I'm quite familiar with the breed and it was just like a tabby fluffy cat so obviously didn't say anything and didn't want to make it awkward but I was a little bit like well that's definitely not a ragdoll so most probably his dad probably wasn't a Maine Coon either um, but that was fine we'd already fell in love and paid the inflated price and couldn't not bring him back um, but she did tell me that he was a girl and that was one of our criteria I don't know why we were just like yeah let's get a girl um so if she had got it right and told us he was a boy we wouldn't have had him we would have had one of the the girls in the litter so um although we ended up coming back with a boy it was for the best I'm very glad that that happened um so he did start off as Bella his first trip to the vets was confirmed and yeah now we've got a boy cat which yeah was was lovely but his name was quite we just needed a a boy's name quick so his name's Figaro well we when we spent hours thinking about what to call him as a girl we were just like let's call call him Figaro that was quite an impulse choice sometimes the name just fits yeah exactly and he looks a little bit like Figaro from Pinocchio that was that's what like we like we like Disney we like cats so it stuck from there on that could you describe him for anybody listening to this oh yes okay so he's he's long hair and he's he's black and white um, and he's a lovely little black smudgy nose as well see yeah he's so sweet and he's got these lovely ear tips which to be fair do look a bit Maine Cooney so perhaps there is a little bit Maine Coon in him but um, yeah he's lovely he's gorgeous so you're 21 you've just moved into a new house you've got Fig how old was he when you got him? eight weeks so he's a tiny little kitten yes very little how did your bond then develop and your relationship grow from there? So, yeah, it was lovely to bring him home and immediately all those feelings of, like, doubt or uncertainty just disappeared. And when we first brought him home, obviously, he was quite 
timid and obviously just settling in and I like moved my pillow across like back from the wall and just made like a little fig shaped gap at the back and I put him in there um and he did sleep there and he still sleeps there now like next to my pillow at night so um right from the start we had I felt like we had that bond which was really it was just only got stronger as time's gone on um but a couple of months later we got our other cat as well sparks um and so it was nice to see their relationship develop as well so sparks is a cornish rex and we got him at 12 weeks so when they got together they were just best friends straight from the beginning like a play together and although we've got a really close relationship he still has this little bond with sparks his little brother as well that's lovely and that can be really tricky the kind of introducing cats together yeah. um was there ever any problems or be, do you think because they were young that was an easier thing to do or? i think i've been very lucky because obviously now um i'm very careful with the way that we introduce cats and the way that i recommend other people introduce cats but um when we got fig and sparks i literally just put them together and they were fine um i think that was because they were very young but also because figs very he's very amenable and he's very like accepting and i think if it had been the other way around and sparks was like accepting fig into his territory it might have been a bit different but even now i watch sparks come over to fig fig will be asleep in a bed and sparks will come over and like try and like snuggle in and like get in the bed with him and almost sit on top of him and fig's like okay like he'll move over and settle down whereas i never see it the other way around i never see fig going over to sparks like right budge up let me in so i do think a lot of it is thanks to fig's temperament he's just very yeah just amenable and open to that sort of friendliness so yeah it worked out well you've had some other significant changes over the years um dogs children's house moves how's he been with all of that he's been amazing which has been great because i've been able to manage these big life events um, in a way that i've not had to really worry about him being stressed or unhappy so um we did first first big change was the first baby which i think is probably the well I wonder if it's the biggest one um but it does mean a lot of changes like change to my routine so I was home a lot more so I went from working full-time to being home for a year um which I think he loved he appreciated that a lot um and we tried we tended to manage all of the environmental changes quite well so we had a spare room that was then going to become the nursery and we just gradually made the changes to that room so we were bringing in furniture very gradually and um not making loads of changes at once so he took that took all those little changes in a stride and it worked quite well Um, and I think when you actually bring a baby home that baby's not very stressful that baby is just a blob in a basket and that bit's fine so the challenge comes when that baby gets a bit older and is then trying to stroke the cats and being noisy and basically being a bit unpredictable and annoying Um, and he's coped really well with that as well if if we have friends around friends that are kids he'll take himself off and if people pay him a bit too much attention he can get a bit cross at them um and he will do that like warning bite where um if you go to stroke him and he doesn't want you to he'll go to bite you but it's as if like his mouth just touches the skin and that's enough there's never he's never actually hurt anyone so he's got his boundaries but he's coped really well with all the changes that we've had really it's been great how was introducing a dog oh, that was the hardest that was definitely the hardest out of everything just because you're controlling another being as well. And I didn't want, so Bucky is our dog, um, he's a Labrador, and I wanted to make sure he was okay. So 
as well as it being like, right, we have to keep Bucky away from the cats and we need to make sure that the cats are happy. I also wanted to make sure Bucky was settling in well and that we were giving him everything he needed as well. So it was a really hard balance to get, like to not upset the cats, but also make sure we were there for him. And puppies are very annoying. Like he wants to play with them all the time and he wants to, like he, if the cats are chilling, he wants to play, he's active, he can sometimes be noisy. Um, so he, when he was little, he was quite hard for them to be around because they would just sleep on the sofa and he'd come and like stick his nose in his, in their beds and do that play bow and try to like get them playing. And they were obviously like, no, like they were 11 at the time, I think. So they weren't interested in any of that. So there was a lot of active management of me having to like sit in between them, keep Bucky occupied, just endless play sessions where I was like, come and play with me instead of them and trying to make myself more interesting than the cats. So it was really hard on my part. Um, But again, they were fine. We never had any issues. We never, like a lot of my job is dealing with stressed cats who like urine mark and um, they show behaviours that are, problematic but it's due to stress and he's never showed any of that sort of stressed like signs of being unhappy or stressed so he's done great and but it's been hard at what point in your relationship did you start working with cats and how would you say your relationship with fig shaped your work it was we had fig first and then i think it was 2010 so we got thing of 2009 and then 2010 that's when I started working like in a behavior capacity so I was doing some cat sitting before that but when you first start out as a behaviorist there's very little like learning to do beforehand like you can learn the theory but unless you're out there doing it then it's hard to get that experience and learn from like even now I learn from every cat that I work with so Fee gave me a really good grounding in terms of like and the cats I had before like just in that really fundamental stuff like their body language their behavior um learning to like how to manage them and how to sort of identify that individual cat's needs and then cater for that because that's such an important part it's not just one size fits all behavior plans that work in for cats that weeing or cats that are aggressive it really takes someone to go in and understand what their specific cat needs so fig is a great candidate for that because He's very clear with what he wants. He does have his boundaries and he'll let you know if he's not happy. Um, And he's adapted so well to the changes that he's had that I've learned so much from him. Like Fig needs a couple of seconds to sniff you before you stroke him. And it's such like an easy thing, but so many people don't do it and they end up having that little like half nip. Um, And I'm like, oh, if you've just given it a couple of seconds, that's all it takes. So it's just little things like that that, yeah, he's taught me along the way and continues to teach me as he gets older and is changing even more so yeah I guess you have your relationship with a cat and, and you know they do change over the years and you do learn as they grow what changes have you noticed in him over the years so definitely recently I've noticed big changes in fig so he's 14 now and it was 18 months ago he was diagnosed with diabetes um, and leading up to that there were a few like little changes so um, he was drinking much more Um, and he likes to drink out of the kitchen sink so we were noticing that he was sitting in there almost all the time just waiting for someone to turn the tap on Um, and because of that he was peeing loads more so the trays were were filling up and so there was there were subtle signs but obviously something wasn't quite right so um, he had a blood test at the vet and I was thinking it was going to be kidney related because kidney issues are quite common 
Um, but it was a real shock when he had diabetes and that obviously meant for me giving him twice daily insulin injections and I thought he was going to hate it I thought it would be painful and like we weren't going to manage but he just again just took it in his stride and I think he actually ended up liking having his injection because like we had a little routine where he'd like jump up on the kitchen side um, he'd have a little bit of ham and then I'd just quickly give him the injection and then a little bit more ham and like loads of strokes and and he ended up loving it. He was like running over for his injection every morning and every, every afternoon so he took that so well. Um, but he's still showing signs of just generally getting older so he, he has um, his own little chair now to get up onto the kitchen side because he can't quite make the jump and he tends to favour like the really soft comfortable beds now whereas before he would like to lie on like um, a windowsill or a desk or a table Um, so I've noticed now he just needs that little extra bit of comfort and um, I wonder if he's just getting a bit old and creaky in his old age but still like himself he's not changed his personality he's still super sociable and really loving and just loves attention and it's really lovely Um, But yeah, it just needs a bit of extra thought now as he's getting a bit older. What do you think you've learned from your relationship with Thick? I I find that interesting, actually, because as as a behaviourist and as just a cat lover generally, I would think I would just love all cats, and I do, to a degree. However, um, we fostered recently another cat, and I just didn't have that same relationship with her as I did with Fig. And I loved her, and I spent loads of time with her, um, she's my first foster since we had Fig um, but it did sort of hit home to me that he's really special and Sparks is as well and I guess it is the relationship that we've had and the, the years we've spent together it isn't like any other relationship that I have and I do wonder it's the first time I've ever wondered like I hear people say they could never get another cat after and I think well you could though because cats are great and you would have another cat and but even I had a moment where I was like, it wouldn't be the same. I don't know how I would feel about any other cats in the future um, just because I feel so differently towards him than I do with any other cat um, and Sparks, of course. But yeah, so it's definitely a special relationship that has has been cemented over time. It's very special. Your book, the book your cat wishes you would read, has just been published by Orion Books. It's really great. It's an accessible yet personal and detailed account of cat ownership, almost a help manual for cat owners and prospective cat owners. What inspired the book and how did it all come together? So there is a book out there called The Book Your Dog Wishes You Would Read um, and that's written by Louise Glazebrook and it is amazing. Like obviously I have my dog and I've read that as well and I found it so helpful for the same reasons like it was very accessible and very personal there was a lot of experience she shares a lot of her experiences in there and the publisher asked me to write the cat version so um, I I was really excited to do it and I felt like I wanted to give the same sort of passion and personal input into the book so it was really fun to write knowing that I could talk about the cats I could talk about what we've been through and how we've managed the cats in those scenarios as well as um, sharing experiences of like the cats I've worked with and just getting that grounding in of like understanding cats as a species as well as the individual that you've got in your home so um, it was really fun to write and I love the format that's what your cat wishes you knew about 
xyz like playtimes or multi-cat households it's, it was so nice to really drill down into those individual sections um yeah it was great fun what's for the future for lucy sparks fig and the family oh um well i am aware that the cats are getting older and i do have it on my radar that i don't want them obviously i don't want them to get poorly and i don't want them to get any older i wish they would just live forever but i am aware like i'm not sure how many more years we have left with them because hopefully many but 14 is a good age and um so in terms of that side of things i don't know because like i say i don't know how i'd feel about any other cats and i'm sure um i will feel differently when the time comes but um i just want to make sure i do right by them with that side of things um but for now we're plodding on we've we're not planning any more massive changes we've recently moved we definitely don't have any more kids hopefully no more dogs <laughs> at least for a while um so we're just enjoying these years i think which is great because it's nice to do all those big changes when the cats are younger and can handle that a bit better now that they're older and i want them to just enjoy this time without any bumps in the road or any um big challenges to face and just yeah just just enjoy it like the kids are growing up with them fig and sparks are my children's childhood cats which is nice for me to see um, even though they still prefer me the most. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's we're just taking it as it comes now. So for your kids, if, say, they are on um, My Cat the Podcast in 2053... Oh, OK. <laughs> how would you like them to remember Fig? They will remember Fig as the grumpy one because that's what they tell their friends. They're like, you don't stroke Fig because he's the grumpy one. Um, so he has a little bit of a... A reputation there which isn't the case obviously he's not grumpy but all cats have their boundaries and fig is just very clear about what those are so that gives them the impression of being grumpy but they they have learned so much from him as well and if they want to go into the area of cat behavior then they definitely would have would say that they've learned a lot from him in terms of that like knowing what the boundaries are and and just treating cats with respect and listening to what they're telling you Sparks is a bit different. He's more carefree. He can go with the flow. So it's nice to have both personalities and um, have them learning from both. And in 2053, if I could give you a, a time capsule, and within that you could have three things of fig that you could open up and just have again, oh. what would those things be? Well, I'll have to go a bit abstract because he's he's so nice with like face marking. So like when he's in a really sociable mood, which is always, um, if you go and hang out with him, he'll like rub his nose on your nose and he just does that for ages and ages. And that, if I could have that back, that would be so sweet. And his fur is so soft and I'd love to have a moment of being able to like just stroke him and fuss him and just, I guess that source of comfort if I could get that back as well like he's always there he's consistent he's he's always there for like emotional support and just fun as well just enjoying that time together so I really I realize these aren't actually things but if I could have anything back about fig in 30 years time that's what it would be it would just be that um just that source of comfort that he brings to me and to my family how would you say that fig has changed your life he's really he's really been there for me as like a source of comfort so you know life's full of ups and downs and he's always been a consistent source of 
just getting you through those times even if it's just like the kids are noisy and you know you want a bit of peace and quiet then I'll just come and find Fig and we'll just hang out upstairs and just have that moment of like calm and okay we're ready to face whatever challenges are are um, ahead so I know lots of people think of their cat as a, like a child and I do empathize with that and no disrespect to anyone that does think that but for me Fig's like my best friend like I've got my kids and that's a separate thing whereas Fig is just like more on my level it's like it's me and Fig and then it's the kids so um he's so special and like I've said I don't feel like hopefully I'm wrong but I don't feel like I'm gonna have that bond again he's my BFF yeah he's definitely my little partner in crime told you he was sweet didn't I told you he was great you are you're so great thank you Lucy and Fig (laughs) okay amazing the idea of cat as best friend is a concept with which I can very much relate Fig has provided Lucy with emotional support and refuge from daily life for over 14 years, or in Lucy's own words, her whole adult life. What more could you ask from a best friend? Fig's arrival turned the first house into a first home, and he's been a constant source of comfort and joy ever since. Whilst Lucy's care and skill as a behaviourist has enabled Vig to navigate the changes life brings free from stress, happy in his surroundings, and wrapped in the warmth of a loving family. There's something about them that seems so meant to be. And it makes me think of all the ifs and buts needed to align for us to find our little best friends in the first place. Lucy's search for a female ragdoll resulted in fluffy boy cat Fig born over 200 miles away. It so nearly never happened at all. Lucy's concern for the future, that subsequent relationships wouldn't be the same, is something with which I'm sure many of us can identify. We've talked before of the fleeting but unique nature of these relationships, and I always find it incredibly moving to witness a bond as strong as this. So I'm sure, no matter what the future brings, Lucy will be eternally grateful to whatever crosswind of chance it was that guided her path to Fig, her little partner in crime. Thanks for listening. Please help us spread the word. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on social media. And if you have any comments, questions, or you'd like to share your own cat story, please get in touch at mycatthepodcast at gmail.com or drop me a message on Instagram. I hope to hear from you soon, but until then, join me next time for more cat tales on My Cat the Podcast. Meow for now. <laughs>